Welcome to Creative Innovators with Gigi Johnson. Yep, that's me. And I am excited to bring to you great people from all over the world who are making changes, breaking things, and remaking them around various creative industries. So bring us your great innovators and we'll bring them to you here in the Creative Innovators Podcast. episode, Ty Frankel from Shutdown Media shares how, as a young music creator and entrepreneur, he has pushed from scratch to create relationships to build his business. He has people working in various countries right now and creates hip-hop music for integration into film and TV. Ty shares with me how he overcame obstacles, how he's gotten distracted, and how he has returned to his core businesses. He talks about being inspired by books, and I really enjoyed him talking about the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he looks to books, not necessarily classes and and degrees, to build his career. Ty shares how his company has pivoted, along with film and television, during the current crises, and how this has spurred him to launch even more adventures. Enjoy this podcast conversation with Ty Frankel. So Ty, you are a a creator across a group of areas. Can you maybe get us started with what the heck you're doing now? Yeah. So right now, uh, I own a company called Shutdown Media. And Shutdown Media, man, up until this year, we just did music for TV and film. We have a group of producers and, and vocalists and engineers and you know, we work together with production music libraries, which are basically music publishers that they commission music for TV and film. So they hire us. We do albums for them. You know, a lot of hip hop, pop, electronic music, mostly modern music. Yeah. So that's what we did up until this year. Uh, we have a label with First Calm. You know, it's really great. They're owned by Universal and another label that just came out that we're doing. Doing some really cool things now. Like we have um, another label planned, which we're finally going to distribute ourselves. We haven't distributed anything yet. We've just provided music for other companies. In March, we started Shutdown Art, where Shutdown Art is where we, you know, we have a, a really great team of graphic designers, super talented, and we do graphics for the music industry. So we do that as well. And obviously, I have, we have lots of ideas that we start. And then within a month or two, we kind of see, oh, okay, maybe this isn't the best idea. So. Well, I'm going to back you up into this. So who is we? So who is we? Is it your management team or are you a small shop? Are you a large shop? And who manages this? We're definitely small. We have a really amazing team of four now. Four, it's me and four others on, in, on the in-house team. Got a girl from New York, Spain, Philippines, LA. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's me and them and then... You know, we're actually looking to hire two, three people in the next couple of weeks here. So expanding a little bit. So let me back you up. So you are not an old wizened person like I am. You are a young gentleman. I'm young and dumb. Young, young dumb. Sitting in New York right now? I'm in Louisiana, actually. You're in Louisiana. So I, I moved. Yeah, I moved here uh, like March 6th or 7th. So let me back you up quite a ways as to 
when you were a really young pup, what did you want to do and how did you get started in this direction? I've always had a love for music ever since I was like five or six. I had like a little CD player with like Outkast, Stankonia and um, Lil Bow Wow and all these different albums from the early 2000s. I've been in love with hip hop music. When I was 14, I started producing hip hop music, basically hip hop beats. And, and that's basically how my career started. I'm just so lucky to start from that young age. And in Iowa? I was in Israel. My dad took a sabbatical that year, okay. but we went back so to you're Iowa. Doing hip, you're doing hip hop in Israel. Okay. That's yeah. an interesting story. So how does a, how does a teenager get started with hip, producing hip hop in Israel? Everything's online. Everything's everything was web based back then. It was 2012 back then. So everything was online. I really didn't do anything physically in Israel. I did it all online. Like I didn't go to any meetups or groups or anything like that. Just everything was was on computer. How did you find the talent to produce? You just approached them online and said, "I did it all myself." Okay. Oh, you're producing yourself. I, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I was producing myself. So I downloaded uh, FL Studio, which is like the big hip hop uh, workstation now. I mean, it was back in the day too, but it's even bigger now. But yeah, I downloaded that and then I just started. And then since day one, I fell in love with it. Like I know some people, oh, they don't take it seriously for a couple of years here and there. But day one, I was hooked. And like, that's what I did like almost all day, every day. What did your family think of that? They thought it was cool. And they thought it was cool. I mean, later on, I remember asking my dad, like, hey, dad, he's a professor of economics. Like he went to Harvard and MIT and everything. And he's a very traditional type of guy. He wanted me to go to college and everything. But I remember asking him, like, hey, dad, how much do you think I'll make off music in like three or four years? And then he's like, oh, maybe $10,000 a year. And then I'm like, OK, I kind of internalized that. You know, I wasn't trying to prove him wrong or anything. Not at all. But I kind of internalized that. I ended up making a little more than that. Yeah, a little more than that. And it sounds like starting fairly early at it. So what was your original journey like then? So you came back from Israel and continued to produce? Yeah, I came back from Israel. I was actually producing probably on the plane back from Israel to Iowa and then finished up high school. You know, my mom and dad got divorced when I was 17, 18. I ended up after high school, after I graduated, I ended up moving to Israel for a year to be with my mom. And then after that, I kind of had to be on my own because I couldn't live with my dad. We were having a little some issues. And then my mom um, was in Israel. And if you're over 18 and you're Israeli like me and you're not in the army, you can't unless you have some sort of health excuse or psychological excuse or something like that. You need to go to the army. So I could only be there for four months out of the year, every single year. And that actually is still going on today until I'm 26, but I had to kind of make it on my own. So basically moved to Thailand for quite a while and everything's cheaper over there. So great quality of life as well. So I made money. So producing. you've been a digital nomad as an independent producer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how did you then get the company started and get beyond producing your own work? Well, it's because in, in 2014, I really started making music for media. So this was when I was 16, actually, almost 17. Um, I started selling beats to rappers. I know today it's a different story with streaming money and all that. But back in the day, if you know someone could take your beat and upload and make a song over it and upload it, and they could be a famous artist and you won't even get paid a penny because um, of mixtapes and all that, especially in the hip hop um, industry. So 
I didn't like that. So how did you get started then thinking, okay, I'm going to sell stuff to, to film and television? What, what was that, that, that switch? Well, I was hustling so hard. Like I was messaging hundreds of rappers a day, like all manual. It wasn't just like copy and paste, like check out my beat, check out. It was like real messages. I was trying to get through to them. And I was being disrespected. Like people weren't even, they were listening sometimes, sometimes they weren't. Definitely weren't buying any beats. And I was like, man, I got it. Like, I need to leave next year. I can't live with my mom or my dad. So there needs to be a way I can make money. Um, so that's when I started looking to produce music for media. And that's when I started doing that. Did you need to learn skills? Did you, what was the elements you needed? What was the mountain you had to get over to make that happen? It was the relationship mountain okay. at first, really. in the connection mountain. Like at, at first, you know, I was a... 15, 16 year old, 16 year old when I started doing music for media. So how to approach people. That's something that I really refined over time. That was, that was a little tough. I started working with the lower end companies that did not pay anything up front. That just, you got money on the back end with royalties, but I worked my way up. And by the time I was 17, 18, I worked with some of the biggest music libraries. And by then you were still working alone or did you uh, build a team around you by that point in time? I built a small team of rappers and vocalists, very small, like four, like three or four. But basically, I was producing and mixing everything myself at that time. You meanwhile had parents who wanted you to go to college and were living in split home. Yeah. Were they okay with this journey for you at this point in time? Or did they think that this was still a bit of a, I was going to say fool's errand, but probably not something that would be something hopefully you'd get over? <laughs> Man. I frankly didn't care what they thought. Okay. So I really brushed it to the side and, and they didn't push it on me either. They're like, Oh, we want you to go to college, whatever. Um, if you do this and you make money and you're good enough to be on your own, then we really can say, we really can't tell you anything. So, which was obvious, which is true. If you make enough money, you don't have to live with your parents. They can't tell you anything. I keep telling my three adult kids that. Oh, really? <laughs> and two of them have taken, okay. taken me up on that. One's still at my house. Oh, okay. At what point in time did you suddenly go or eventually go, this is working? And what was the thing that to you told you that this was now working? It was a slow process. Because sometimes for some people, there's like a deal that they go, suddenly go, oh, this works. Right. <laughs> I, this, is the direct, this is the right direction. It was very slow. I guess it was just hammering away at it. Maybe my first royalty check, which was like, I got it in September, 2015. It was like 460 bucks. I was like, okay, there's, there's a way that I can do this. I already knew that I can do it because there's people making six figures doing just producing music for media. So if they can do it, why not me? I guess it was just slow, just hammering away at it like every day and, and just having the confidence, like I'm a hundred percent sure I can do this. So who is your support network? Or do you have a, a people that work not just with you, uh, but also a part of it that helped build your both confidence and relationships, or is it mostly your core team? My support network now is my team before it was books. So I really use books to, to change my mindset in, in terms of me producing everything. Now I can get a team together and in terms of how to make relationships on, online, you know, in a, you have someone's attention span, it's very short. It's not like you're in person, so you need to make a first impression, a second impression, a third impression, make them all equally incredible and succinct, provide social proof, all those little things that I didn't know. So that was my social 
that was my support system back then. And that's still what I use now. Those ideas, I still use those now every day. Did anybody specifically from books inspire you? Are there, are there gurus for the work you're doing that gave you the idea of the right direction to go? Yeah, I guess so. Just the simplest, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm sure you probably read it. I teach at UCLA part-time. I give that book to many of my students because it's, it's, it's really the thinking about, because a lot of people think I'm looking for a, a job that is by the hour pay. That's my whole goal. Right. And that's the conversation a lot of people don't have with their kids is they, well, you could or should be owning it <laughs> and, and build and building the equity value. Good on you for doing that. I think it's, it's, it's a great thing because it really changed my mindset. And I know it's changed a lot of other people's mindset. I mean, it's probably the most basic finance book about that specific topic that there is, but it's step one. And that's the most important step. So it was for me. So working online, how do you, and I don't mean to keep calling out that you're fabulously young for doing this, but how <laughs> did you work on social proof as someone who was uh, fairly green in the business? Music. It's just getting the music to be at a, at a super, super high level, especially in the business and production music, music for TV and film. When I started, there were a lot of, well, it's like a stigma in the industry, which was true. A lot of like 40-year-old white guys doing hip hop music. So I was coming in like, and they like, they're not hip hop producers. They're like pop or, or orchestral, classical rock, whatever. So it sounded like really inauthentic. And I noticed that. And I came in and just provided that authentic hip hop music that I grew up on. I don't, I didn't listen to anything other than hip hop. So I think just providing that and, and knowing exactly what they wanted, it was pretty easy. Like, in the music for TV and film industry, they don't care about your image. They don't care about your following. The music is really the core thing. The music needs to be incredible. And if the music is incredible and you're super easy to work with, then you're going to get so much work. Well, especially that second part, right? That you're delivering on time. You deliver what they want. You're easy to work with. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I really can't stress that enough. I mean, you need both. You know, if you don't have great music, um, but you're super easy to work with, no one cares. But if you're you know, the opposite as well. If you do have great music, but you're not easy to work with, then wait, did I just say the same thing twice? I don't know. But, you know, both of those things, you need both to win, really. So I knew that from a young age and especially, you know, how to win friends and influence people reading like behavioral psychology books. You're getting all the great traditional books. Those are really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Those are the most... No, no, but I work with a lot of people that are in their 20s who've never even heard that these books exist, or they're going to other types of self-help gurus and spending a lot of money for that. You've got a whole different journey for that. So let me come back to, you were talking earlier about the fact that you'll try something, put it out there for a few months and see if it works. How do you decide what, especially for a small company with limited resources, how do you decide what to try and how do you decide when to pull the plug? Wow. That's a great question, man. Let me think about that a little bit. How do I decide what to try? Well, I used to be pretty reckless with it. Like I invested so much money in crypto, which didn't really have to do with music at all. And then I started two new businesses in late 2018 that didn't have to do with music at all and didn't have to do with what I was best at at all and invested a lot of money and time, my life into those. So I started Easy Lease, which was, we were doing like marketing for multifamily um, apartment complexes, getting like tenants in the, to lease. And then Pronto ads, we were doing like financial ads 
on Google and Facebook and things like that for financial advisors. Hmm. And I really realized like six months in, like, I don't like doing this. You know, I, I don't really know much about financial advisors. I was being a charlatan, really. If, if you were being 100%, I was being 100% frank with myself, like posting things on LinkedIn about financial advisors. I didn't know anything about this. Like I just got into the, into the industry like four or five months ago when I was trying to like teach financial advisors. Like, like that was just, I was being a charlatan. But after six months, I listened to a podcast and they were like, if you're in an industry for like years and years and years, you know, really juice everything you can out of that industry in a, in a figurative sense, obviously. But if you just keep switching from here to here to here to here, all the leverage you built up, all the relationships and trust and equity you built up in that industry is completely gone. You have to start over, you know, in, in the new industry, whichever one you go in. So I was like, dang, like I, I realized that I didn't go all in at all with, with shutdown music agency. So that's when I really focused back on shutdown growing that so now you're all in and shut down in a mm-hmm. time when we are pardon the obvious pun shut down so how oh. <laughs> how, yeah. how does that how now with your focus but then you've launched new things you said shut down art and other things mm-hmm. how are you as a music entrepreneur and someone who also is creating in your own shop dealing with the changes in the business so you're not some people are running into of course the live performance shut down but you instead are facing film and television which has had a whole different shutdown how has this impacted you and your company yeah Gigi, that's had a really big impact so on the production music side of things we do music for tv and film and i think like 98 percent of production in la was shut down for a while so i mean luckily we have these labels with you know first com and another label with great company out of the UK called No Sheet Music. So that's consistent work and that doesn't stop. But everything else where we were commissioned on an album by album basis, that pretty much, except for a couple couple clients, that pretty much grinded to a halt. Maybe 80% of that production stopped. So it was hard. Luckily I had some reserve funds and you know I told all my employees like, I'm not going to cut your hours back. I'm like one was a single mom and everything. You know, they have kids to feed and you know, they have families and you can put a roof over their, over their heads. So I'm like, I'm not going to cut your hours down. I'm not going to fire you. If anything, let's do the opposite. Like let's grow. Let's, I'll come up with these new ideas. We'll really push them. That's where it kind of, that's where shutdown art um, came from, you know, and that's been going um, pretty well so far, you know, to make up for, for some lost income. Yeah. So it's just really taking this opportunity and I mean, you can't give up, you know, you can't give up the only thing I could really do is go even harder. You know, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Then you got to, you know, pivot when you cross that bridge. And it sounds like you also have the benefit of already running a virtual company and working with people in various countries. Has that been better or worse in this current situation? That really hasn't changed. It's, it's been the same. It's been the same in terms of the team culture, how we're getting along. We just had a COVID scare. One of our team members, they were, they, you know, were scared they had it. They were sick. They got tested, luckily negative. Um, but no, things haven't really changed in, in that sense. So you are still early, of course, in your professional journey. What is on your, I don't want to say bucket list, because that has all sorts of other stuff, mm-hmm. on the checklist of what you would like to do in the next five years, as a, especially mm-hmm. as someone, again, who's a creator, but also someone who, who charges into new businesses and grows new things. Well, we have... 
a new label called Uncivilized Music that we're doing now. And that's really our main focus to where we're going to make the best music in the music for TV and film industry, the best modern music. And we're going to offer these um, blanket subscription license to independent content creators. And then we're going to also represent it in the U.S. for syncs, for like TV, video games, movies, things like that. We're going to sign like self-publishing agreements with companies like overseas. So I think that's really cool. That's the first situation where we actually keep the music we make. We actually have it. Don't sell the copyright and don't sell the masters. I'm really excited about that. Definitely grow that into something really, really big. In terms of my bucket list, I think just growing and just helping people and and providing good work. Uh, I don't have anything super concrete. I've never really set specific goals. I've just tried to work as hard as I can and work the smartest I I can. Um, Maybe it would help to set goals, but (laughs) that's what I say all the time. I'm in like my ninth (laughs) career. And I, oh, I, I'll set goals and say, it's like, what was I doing? It uh, wasn't what I wanted to do, as you've already had the example of. Right. Well, we're near the end of the podcast already. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with our audience out in the digital ether? No, nah, just to stay safe and be healthy. Wash your hands. You know, wear a mask. Wash your hands. Yeah. It's an interesting time. So you run multiple companies out of your home, sitting down in Louisiana with a team everywhere. If someone wanted to reach out with an opportunity to discuss with you, who would you like to reach out to you and how would you like them to reach out? I read every email so anyone can reach out. Yeah. Ty at shutdownmedia.net. So T-Y at shutdownmedia, S-H-U-T-D-O-W-N-M-E-D-I-A.net. That's a great place. You know, I'm addicted to my email. We'll put that in the show notes too, so people can find it easily instead of while they're sitting in their car or wherever that they can have to frantically write that down. So, well, Ty, thank you very much for being on the, on the creative innovators podcast. We're looking forward to seeing your current and future adventures and we'll be um, keeping an eye out. Thank you so much, Gigi. Appreciate it. So there we are. Glad to have you along for the ride. Please subscribe to this podcast everywhere you would find podcasts. Tell friends about it, but tell us who you'd like to see on this show. Come to find us at creativeinnovatorspodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter so that you'll hear about our giveaways, our different programs, and new episodes coming up with Creative Innovators with Gigi Johnson. for listening to Creative Innovators. We are expanding our footprint. So we invite you to go to creativeinnovatorspodcast.com and find us on Substack, where we are creating a new matrix of our past shows that you can find them more easily and find them along with the career adventure guide content, where you can take your own career and use some of the tools in the setup to both be inspired by past episodes of Creative Innovators, as well as become a bigger and better creative innovator yourself. We're also launching in a couple of other platforms this year. So stay tuned and join our lists and and find out where else you can find and combine with Creative Innovators in 2024.